we welcome you now to a true church perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis. Being involved in a fellowship with like-minded believers is important for many reasons. God left us the church fellowship as a model of unification and strength in numbers. How many of you know there's strength in numbers? Bible says, Matthew, Jesus said, 18 and 20, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I where? In the midst of them. So he made it specific to say two or three, meaning more than one. So you need somebody. It's always good. And when they have the same goals and the same desires spiritually as you and you guys match up, it's a good feeling. Amen. Then you don't have to always sit and wonder what they're thinking. Especially when they're away from you. That's a terrible friendship. When somebody throw your belief under the bus in front of you, then when, they, when they're not with you, oh, yeah, 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 that's, yeah, 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 that's my, that's my homegirl. She, she cool, but she be taking it too far. Yeah, because, amen. So it's good when we have like-minded believers that we can fellowship with. It makes the fellowship flow easier. Amen. When we gather for worship or just fun, we strengthen each other. Seeing a replica of our belief is encouraging and essential to our spiritual maturation. Seeing a replica. That means seeing what we are in someone else. That is essential. Because if you hang around a bunch of folks that's against what you believe, they're going to change you. Can I get an amen on that? You ain't that strong. Nobody's that strong. They're going to change you. They're going to plant seeds in you and change you. You'll find yourself second guessing what you once stood strong for. You'll change. You'll find yourself putting, eating the meat and spitting out the bones every Sunday. You are all in with it. Oh yeah, I'm with it. I'm with it. A year later. Yeah, I'm cool, but you know, he, you know, pastor, he a little, you know, he get a little hardcore sometimes. He, then a year later, um, I mean, you know, he, he all right. And you'll find yourself changing where you are all in, but those seeds begin to grow. I'm preaching. Mm-hmm. Replica of our belief is encouraging and essential to our spiritual maturation. First Timothy 4 and 12. Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou a what? Example of the believers in word and conversation and charity and spirit and in faith and in purity. So don't let anyone despise the fact that you are young. You continue to be a strong example. And that becomes encouraging to others. Amen. You know, teenagers... They, they, they don't walk alone. Never. Teenagers don't ever walk alone. They got to have somebody. Amen. They need somebody. Teenagers need somebody. When they walk alone and don't have any friends, you better watch them. But most of the time, there's always somebody with them, somebody because they encourage each other, because they understand as being young is harder. We really need somebody to help us mature. A mature saint. My, I'm going to use my mama as an example. My mama don't have to go to church no more. My mama come to church just because she just feel like it. She don't have to go to church. She don't have enough church for all of us. She is mature to the point you could set her in a, in a Farrakhan meeting. And Farrakhan can't tell her nothing. 
She'll sit there and listen to Farrakhan for three hours and come out. He crazy. She's matured past that point. See, you can't influence her. Y'all understand what I'm saying? She's matured past that. She can sit home and stay as safe as she is right now until Jesus comes. But he was talking about youth here because that's when you're impressionable. That's when things can change. That's when you are formulating who you're going to be. And so you get the wrong ingredients in that cake mix. When you stir that batter up and bake it, the wrong things can get in it. That's why we are talking about fellowship at y'all's age in here or the average age in here because you are very impressionable. You came down here because you were impressionable. So the right thing has to get in you right now. Knowing that someone else is walking the same path with the same struggles is necessary. That's why we need to be real with each other. Amen. That was the one thing, you know, and there was a lot of good things about the holiness movement. There were some bad things, too, and this is one of them I didn't like. No one could be real because everybody was sniffing each other out trying to see who was the safest. So nobody wanted to expose anything that they might have done or been into because they didn't want to look unsaved to the other person. And there was so much condemnation, you was afraid to let anybody know. Because you knew the way they got stuff out of you then was in front of everybody. Everybody had to be there. Oh, what, what, what you do, brother? What, you was in the juke joint? You was in the juke joint Saturday? Call him up. Brother... Brother Willie, come on, come on up. Y'all, he was in the juke joint Saturday. His wife stand up. I told you, yeah, I called past and told him. Come on, Brother Willie, come on up here now. Come on, you, we know you crazy, but God, he, he gonna do something for you. That's why no men ever, you know, the men didn't go to church. The men didn't go to church because they knew their wives was in there telling everything. I want to go to the church where I'm totally naked. It totally exposed to everybody. And it made an example of. Amen. So nobody really had camaraderie. It was all we cool biblically. So the only thing we can really talk about is Jesus, the Holy Ghost, and the fire and the power and the tongues and the healing and the deliverance. And the, that was the only thing we could talk about. Because the minute I say, hey, man, man, I'm, I've been having some lustful thoughts. What? What? Lust? Oh, get away from me. Oh, oh, no, because First Corinthians say, no, have no, I can't eat with you. I can't eat with you, brother. I can't eat with you. Dude, I said I had some thought. No, nah, man. No, nah, no, nah, give me my sandwich. Uh-uh. I'm going to go eat over here. Bob said, I can't eat. Bob said, don't even eat. Then you come to church and everybody looking, hmm. Women covering up. <laughs> Heard about you, bro. Amen. You went to the movies. No, they didn't call it the movies. You went to the show. You was at the picture show. The, the big picture. The, big, the picture show. Oh, man. I got to tell pastor. Man, don't tell pastor. No, I got to tell pastor. He said if we catch anybody coming out the picture show. But knowing that someone else is human. Human. Man, knowing somebody else is human is necessary. We were human beings in there. We read the Bible because examples of believers and their struggles are illustrated for us in the Bible. How much more important is it to see the word personified through the lives of those whom we are yoked together with? How important is that? To see yourself in somebody else, that's very important. 
James 5 and 10. Take my brethren, the prophets who have spoken in the name of the Lord for what? An example of suffering, affliction, and of patience. Because you remember these prophets, God took through all kinds of stages in their lives to make them who they were so he could trust them with his word. And that's what we're becoming. That's why we read the Bible for these examples to teach us what men go through in order to get close to God. The key building blocks for church fellowship is the ability to see ourselves in the lives of others. This levels the playing field. When you're able to see yourself in the lives of others, not think yourself better than others. Amen. But see yourself in the lives of others. These are building blocks. We should always be empathetic. And empathy and sympathy are two different things. Sympathy is I feel sorry for you, but empathy, I put myself in your position and I'm feeling what you feel. Okay, so empathy is is different. We should always be empathetic toward the actions of others and never judge without first what? Considering ourselves. That ought to shut your mouth every time. You're getting ready to talk about her. She, they, done, they found her. She didn't slept around or something or whatever. And you just, ooh, I can't believe she... You better think. Flip that Rolodex in your head. Flip that, flip that date planner back a few years, 10 years. Oh, yeah, well, let me hush. Amen. Just hush. Just hush. You know she got a problem. She. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Shut up. Amen. Y'all know I'm telling the truth. Flip that. Your hush. You see what she had on? I can't believe she. <laughs> Man, you had on a choir robe and a suit when you did what you did. Found a way around all them clothes. <laughs> Am I telling the truth in here? That's why you can't demand the hush. Just hush. Some of y'all snuck down here from where you, you know, so don't nobody know. <laughs> you done crept down. Where you from, man? Oh, that don't matter. <laughs> done called Brother Aaron. Hey, man. Aaron said, wait, where you, where you moving from? All oh, from here and there. But I am moving down there. Oh, really? What city are you? Well, you know, over around the way. <laughs> to and fro. To and fro. <laughs> That's what the devil does. <laughs> Walking to and fro. <laughs> to, anybody say to and fro, you the devil. Dog, go. You a roaring lion. <laughs> That's what the devil told God. God said, where you been? Say no, walking to and fro. <laughs> Up on the earth. <laughs> so you done came here, don't nobody know anything you've done before. So you can get a fresh start. Amen. <laughs> don't come being judgmental toward people. Talking about people and things. Look at your life. So we should be empathetic toward the actions of others and never judge without first considering ourselves amen now elders in here the elders and some of the people we put over certain things they have to judge and they have the right to long as it's righteous judgment but you don't you can't you can't do what the pastor does you just can't 
and I do EX ministries and I call stuff out that people are doing. And, you know, I just show what they put in the public or whatever. But you got to have an anointing from God to do that. You don't believe me? And call the sons of Sceva. Let's get a let, 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 Let's see what they say about the subject. We're going to do what Paul did. You can't do what Paul did. Can I preach in here? Hebrews 10 and 24. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. I love this because it said, let us consider, consider. That means think about it. Consider one another. Before you open your mouth, consider. Look at somebody say, consider one another. Before you put your mouth on that woman, on that man, consider one another. Consider yourself where you came from. God just delivered you eight minutes ago. You got something to say? We all make mistakes and have erred. So we should never be condemning to those that may fall. Y'all hear that? Amen. If people desire our fellowship, then we should help them out of the issue and keep them lifted up until they are healed. Amen. Keep them lifted up. These are people in the fellowship. And keep you lifted up, man. Come on, man. We're going to get this together, dude. You ain't going to have to walk around like this. Now, people that don't believe what you believe or believe some old warped biblical thing, you got to cut them off. I mean, I, you can't do that. That's not biblical. People act like when the disciples went and began to preach in the different cities or the apostles went and Paul and these guys on their journeys, they acted like these people they went to had never heard of the gospel before and didn't have any knowledge of any kind of belief system no these people were gnostics that means they had taken the word of god and already mixed it with pagan idols and deities so they had come up with their own version of god are y'all listening to me and these guys had to go in and challenge that oh we're, we're all gods what do you mean by that well that means we all whatever we believe we cool with it basically everybody's saved that's what Paul and them were fighting against. That's what all of them were fighting against. And they'd go into a town and have to fight against that. And God told them, if the people don't receive you, shake the dust and move on. Don't you dwell in, in that town. There was even one occasion where Paul wanted to go in the temple of Diana and preach. And they stopped him. They said, no, you can't go in there. Them people will kill you. Paul wanted to go. He's like, man, I need to, because I, I, if I go, I got a word for him. They said, no, your word ain't for in there. Amen. There was another case when they wanted to go to Macedonia. And they were at war in Macedonia. They they, they were going to go and and the Holy Ghost told them, not not right now. You got to wait. Amen. So you're not going to be able to save everybody and all your childhood friends go conform and all that. No, some of these people, you just have to, all right. Amen. Because you're making me weak. Or you're making me inconsistent. Which in the eyes of others, I'm weak. That's worse. If people desire fellowship, then we should help them out of the issue and keep them lifted up. James 5 and 19. Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth and one convert him, let him know that he which converted the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of what? Sins. As we mature in Christ, our tolerance for foolishness decreases. Anybody know what I'm talking about? The more you mature, the less time you got for foolishness. Tolerance for foolishness decreases. But we should never forget 
the maturation process and continue to use understanding for those that have not grown to where we are. Being in Christ is a what? Process. So that means the person that's like you were when you were young, then you have to remember they're young. They're young in the faith. They are trying to come up to where you are. So these are the people that made error along the way. I ain't talking about people that's not with the truth. You're not with the truth. You're just not with the truth. But I'm talking about people that are like you were when they were young and you didn't really understand. You didn't know the word. So you're going to try to mentor this person. You got to have patience. You got to have patience. Amen. Because they're going to fall. You're going to be like, dude, man, did we just talk about it? Yeah, man, but I got weak. Dude, we just got a phone like 15 minutes ago. But you got to have patience because you were once like that. You understand what I'm saying? And if they want truth and they want to change and they really want, then, then, then you got to have patience. And remember that you, you, you may have matured, but they're not mature. Amen? And that's hard sometimes because you want everybody to know everything you know when you know it all. But it's not like that. Amen. Galatians 6 and 1. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, do what? Restore such a one. Now, this word restore means that they have recognized that they are overtaken in a fault. (laughs) Y'all better hear G. Craig Lewis now. They have recognized that they were overtaken in a fault. That means if they don't have knowledge that they're in a fault, they're not in a fault. So you can't restore them. Standing outside Jay-Z concert. Oh, we're going to intercede for Jay-Z. Because when he get it, oh, if God could save him, you know how many young folks going to come to Christ? You know how many? Dude, Jay-Z ain't getting saved because he don't think anything is wrong with him. How you going to restore him? Oh, he's just in a fault right now. He's just in a... No, he's not. He's just being who he is. So you can't restore him? I said, I can't get an amen on that. That's what folk got to know when they're in error for you to restore them back. If they don't know they're in error and they believe what they're doing is conducive with being a believer, good luck. You're going to be tired and hoarse. Amen. Am I preaching in here? I feel like it. Yeah, yeah, you can't restore somebody that's not empty. That's what the whole word means. They empty themselves out. I'm done. I'm, 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 I'm done with this. I, I don't want to be like this no more. So then you go, I don't want to fall like this again. So yeah, they recognize that they're in error. So you're going to go and help them and restore them back. You which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of what? Meekness. Considering thyself that you're just as capable. So you don't approach them like, oh yeah, you know. No, you're just as capable. Amen. Anybody in here that saved? Learning how to keep silent when you are not in the company of like-minded believers is essential to stand encouraged as well. Look at somebody say, keep your mouth shut. You don't have to test. I'm going to test my arguing skill. I'm going to test my debate ability. Watch, watch, watch this. Let me see. Let me, let, me, let me give them a little bit. Just a little bit. I've had friends call me and different things. They're like, dude, man, you know, you, because I told, and Sabathia remembers it in the beginning when I first started. God told me not to go on secular platforms and talk. So I don't do it. I could. Or I could go on there and shut some mouths. And it would be so much fun. But I can't. 
I told me not to. That's not what I'm called to do. I'm called to speak to the body of Christ. I'm not called to motivational speak to some people and ex God out of it and all that kind of stuff. I can't do it. But I have people all the time. Dude, you mean you wouldn't go on this platform, this platform? These platforms have called me and I'm not going. I'm not going if I can't talk about it. Man, if, I, if, if K104 called me uh, tomorrow, I can't go on K104 talking about the truth on hip hop. They did call me a few years back and wanted me to come on that. Ricky Smiley, all that foolishness. What? What? If I come on there, I'm talking about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus and see who's saved. And I told them that. When they come, I said, dude, why would I talk about hip-hop and that's how y'all play? Are y'all, do y'all promise me y'all going to throw the, the main breaker when I finish? Do you promise to throw the main breaker and go off the air when I'm done? Then why are we even discussing it? You're going to keep playing. You're going to play a, a booty music right behind me. Soon as I'm off, an alien gonna start singing. That's what all the music sound like. But you, 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 you think, Amen. Now, when I went to Ghana, it was a little different. Remember, I went to Ghana, and the hip hop radio, the guy with the big hip hop station there in Accra, he came to the event, came to the altar, got saved. You know what he did? He didn't quit the radio. He shut the station down. They only had one hip-hop station in Ghana. This dude shut the whole thing. He said, I ain't playing no more. Shut it down. No, I do that. Amen. But ain't, man, don't bring me on your show and foolishness is going to come on right before and then immediately after. You see what I'm saying? But I preach it all the time. Man, I mean, you got to go. See, because every platform count. And every time you open up, man, you don't know who you're going to help. Shut up! Wait for God. Then you go. Do go. Ain't nobody calling me. See? No, no. We shouldn't be looking for confrontations with people that don't carry our our belief. Amen? Look at somebody say, calm down. And whenever it's bubbling up and you can't help it, you mad at your parents. That's daddy issues. That's what that is. It's just daddy issues. That's what all of them, 5%, all of them got you in all that old blackness and the fro and all that junk. Because you mad at your daddy. Just go tell him you sorry. Respect him or honor him or tell him you love. Amen. Or you going to be crazy. And you'll take the gospel and be crazy with it. Amen. That's what it is. It's just bubbling up. Oh, but the, when the word get in there, oh, I got to say something. <laughs> I got to say something. Man, go tell your daddy you love him. That ain't the word of God. Can't you just after, oh, 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 the devil, I hate him. That ain't who you hate. <laughs> you got nothing to do. Devil sit back. Hey, now, I didn't do all that. Now, now, I'm bad. But that's somebody else you need to be talking to. You know it's true. When believers that are against your fellowship come around, you must avoid confrontation and seeds of discord. Amen? Because if you can't turn them, guess what's going to happen? They're going to turn you. And it might be just a little bitty tiny seed that gets planted. When you go home and start thinking about everything you wish you could have said and should have said and how you should have said it, and I, you know how you do. You start running through your mind, man, I should have said this. Oh, man, ooh, I, ooh, if I could go back. Ooh, let me call him. 
Because you want to go back and say it and say it. But then they planted a little seed. Just enough. How you up in ABC? Second guessing yourself. Amen. Because basically you just invited the devil in. Second Timothy 2 and 23. But foolish and unlearned questions do what? Avoid. Knowing that they do cause strife. Gender strife. Avoid. Look at somebody and say avoid it. As believers, we should practice humility and avoid silly arguments about our beliefs or our fellowship. However, we should minimize the time we spend with people that desire to badger us about our fellowship. So people that's always coming against you and coming against your fellowship and all that, then you're going to have to kind of limit the time you spend around them. Amen. Go spend time with them. But once that starts, getting sleepy kind of early. Think we're going to have to go. Amen. Y'all don't know how to do that? You don't know how to remove yourself from somewhere? Amen. Just remove yourself. Don't hang around and hang around. Amen. Titus 3 and 9. Avoid foolish questions and genealogies and contentions and strivings about the law, for they are unprofitable and vain. Healing relationships with our biological family is the catalyst for understanding people in the fellowship. I'm going to say that one more time because I say it almost every week. Healing relationships with our biological family is the catalyst for understanding people in the fellowship. The more we learn to humble ourselves to our parents, the easier it is to submit to one another in our spiritual family. Does that make sense? Ephesians 6 and 2. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. Amen. Don't let them daddy issues get you to keep making a fool of yourself everywhere you go. Amen. And and some of you, it's just as simple as getting forgiven and moving on. Can you move on? Can you? And I'm not talking about move on. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Moving on from him. I ain't talking to him no more. I'm not talking about that. Move on from the past. Look at you. Look at you. I know we don't know everything about you because you came from to and fro. But look at you. There's some things in your life worse than what your daddy did, I'm sure. Or just as bad. And if you're not careful, you're going to do what he did. And repeat history. The enemy hates when believers dwell together in unity. The unification of the body basically means that the body is healthy, fully functional, and powerful. That's why he hates it. This is why the enemy will continue to attack the fellowship. Try to stop what God is doing. He will implant selfish people or people that have unresolved issues into the fellowship every chance he gets. These people are not here to get help, but to help themselves. Amen. The minute somebody look at them wrong. Ooh, the eyes in here. Folks always looking. You know, them, them people at ABC, they always, their eyes. I just starting to feel uncomfortable. You was uncomfortable at the last church. And the church before that. And the church before that. Why are you uncomfortable everywhere? Why everybody's eyes everywhere you go are all on you? You really think you're important, don't you? Some people really think they're that important. Everybody's looking at me. No, they're not. Promise. Their desire is to be seen and known rather than to be obscured by the goal of Christ in the body. 
And that should be all of our goal to be. We should just vanish when we come in here because it's about Christ. This is about God doing his work in all of our lives. Man, all these pregnant folks and then all these little babies coming up in here. You don't think God is trying to lay down the law in here for these families and their futures? So the daddy issues you suffered with, your children don't have to suffer with them? Amen. These people will always bring discord and seditions into the fellowship. They la- the lack of respect and honor in their own families will always spill over into their actions and deeds in the fellowship. So don't try to sneak and creep down to ABC and hide the fact that you cussed everybody in your family out right before you came here. Because you know what's going to end up happening? You're going to end up cussing somebody out in here. The same anger you had toward your mama and your father, you're going to feel like that toward me and Sabatha. It's going to manifest in some kind of way. Ooh, Sister Sabatha picked her up and took her somewhere twice. She ain't, I ain't never rode in a car. You mad at your mama. You mad because your older sister got more attention in the house than you did. That stuff is spilling over. That's spillage. Oh, I know what I'm talking about. He ride bikes. He ride bikes with some of those guys, but you don't have no bike. <laughs> but you mad at your daddy because he didn't spend no time with you. He thought his other family was more important than your family. Come down there mad at me. They get mad at us, brother Jeff. Us two who trying to help spend time. My wife spending money on folks. Spending money on folks. <laughs> I be getting the bill like, oh my goodness. There's too much love in this house. Shoot. Too much love going on. Spending money. Folks leave here with their kids fully dressed from what my wife done gave them. Leave here mad. Leave the church. Give me them clothes back. Leave a tag on it. Leave the tag. Ain't that crazy? But they're not mad at us, and we're smart enough to know that. That's not us. There's an unresolved issue there. And if you leave, we can't help you with it. Let this be the place you come and deal with it. Can you deal with it? The way you treat your husband is based on that. The way you treat your wife. Two people coming, I just can't do it. I, I can't do it. Oh, no, I can't do this. I can't do this marriage. I married y'all yesterday. Right. <laughs> I can't do it. You know why you can't do it? Because you wouldn't do nothing your daddy said. That's right. exactly. So how are you going to obey your husband? You've been insubordinate all your life towards your daddy. How are you going to get married and obey your husband? Right. You're going to be crazy. I be praying for my husband, but he just won't submit to the word. He won't read the word. He don't submit to anybody. He's never submitted to any male authority. He won't even work a job where he has a female, I mean, a male boss. And he has to have a female boss. All the classes he took in college, he made sure they was all female professors. There's a pattern there. He don't want to listen to a man. So when he come here, you can keep rubbing his back all you want. But when he hears my voice, he hears too much authority. He's going to bounce. Y'all see him, the woman be sitting there while he preaches. Just, oh, it's okay. And he be just. <laughs> he about to bounce. He can't handle it. 
He can't handle it. He got an issue with the male voice and authority. I'm too strong for it. I'm too loud. I'm too abrasive. He need a female pastor. Yeah, he needs a female pastor. He can't receive it from me. But that's what it is. So we're smart enough to know. I mean, we, we're not sitting up here dumb and oblivious to it. Does it hurt us? It hurts us. It hurts us when we invest in people and they just, you know, step on it. But we have understanding. I know what's going on here. You got some, you, you got to go forgive somebody. You got to let somebody off the hook. These people will always bring discord and seditions. Their lack of respect and honor in their own families will always spill over into their actions and deeds in the fellowship. Constant complaining, tearing down others, and personal unhappiness will always turn into a volcanic eruption of bitterness and envy toward others. This leads to discord, variance, and seditions. We must examine ourselves to make sure that the enemy has not entered into our motives while we are in fellowship with each other. We must love and care for our brothers and sisters so that we can truly model the love of God. Amen? Amen. Psalms 133 and 1. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to do what? Dwell together in You've been listening to A True Church Perspective from G. Craig Lewis, founder of EX Ministries and pastor of Adamant Believers Council in Grand Prairie, Texas. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to be a financial blessing to us, please send your donation to EX Ministries, P.O. Box 24870, Fort Worth, Texas, 76124, or donate online at www.exministries.com. Dot .com